0: This past Saturday, in the hours before Carolina's season opener for football, the men's basketball team held a first-of-its-kind, NIL-supported, players-only blue-and-white scrimmage. Fans were able to attend and get a first look at what the Tar Heels are going to be this year. And let me tell you, the results are good. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so it's really easy. Subscribe right now, doesn't cost you a thing, and it'll make sure that you get your team every day. For those of you watching, if you would, please smash the like button and would love to hear your thoughts on the scrimmage in the comments as we go along. So uh, here's what we wanna do. I'm gonna treat this very similarly to what I do any other Carolina basketball or football game. I'm going to start by giving you some big picture takeaways. And then we're going to move into, at least for basketball, what I do is my four corners preview before games and four corners review after games. Plus, I always do a shady stat of the game. And I'll make sure to give that to you as well, where I share one stat that really stuck out to me. And you know, because my last name is Shade, I got to wear my aviators while we're doing it. By the way, Beginning of football season, lots of new listeners checking in. We are so glad that you're here. Welcome to this community. Thanks for diving in, hope you enjoy it. Okay, so big picture takeaways from this scrimmage. If you uh, checked in, BDOT and I, Carolina's in-game arena host, the sixth man of the Tar Heels, we did a live YouTube the other day. We had some issues with his audio, and so it was hard to engage with that. And so what I want to do today is just give you stuff straight from me, just me talking to you where you can hear it and get it clearly. Um, uh, To those of you who tuned into that, thank you, and I apologize for the issues we had. The first and biggest thing I want to say is this was a huge win. This needs to happen always. Every year, make this a thing. For $10, you get to go into the Smith Center and see Carolina basketball, the earliest, this is the earliest the public had ever gotten to view like a live team scrimmage in this kind of way. The earliest public appearance in program history. I love the um, cohesion with the football game. Let's do this every fall in the hours leading up to the first home football game, unless it's like a noon kick, because that would be ridiculous. In that case, you just flip flop it and do it afterwards. But every year in conjunction with the first home football game, do a Carolina basketball scrimmage that is NIL supported, promoted. The players get paid from this coaches. Unfortunately can't be part of it. Just, with NCAA rules and regulations about what they can and can't do. All of that plays into it. But this again is a no brainer. It bridges the gap to October when we get late night and and the start of practices and things like that. It's still two months away. This is awesome. Let's always do it. So here's how things went. This was a game to 80. ACC refs, are refereeing the game. Basically, once one team gets to 40, it's halftime, and then first team to 80 wins. There were there were two teams, a blue and a white team. The white team won 80 to 69 behind an Armando Baycott offensive rebound tip-in. Surprise, surprise there. That was the winning bucket. On one team, on the white team, the team that won is RJ Davis, Armando Baycott, DeMarco Dunn, Puff Johnson, Justin McCoy, Dewey Ferris, and Creighton Lebo. On the blue team is Caleb Love, Seth Trimble, Pete Nance, Tyler Nickel, Dontrez Styles, Will Shaver, and Jackson Watkins. Those were your lineups. Um, the teams, this is cool since the coaches couldn't do it. It's all former players. The blue team was coached by Jawad Williams and Ed Davis. The white team coached by Marcus Ginyard and Dion Thompson. Love that. Now, the biggest question I've been getting, everybody's wondering this, uh, there are two guys, two scholarship guys that didn't play, and that's Jalen Washington and Leaky Black. Now, if you've been tracking with Carolina basketball, you know Jalen Washington had some very serious uh, lower body injuries in high school and is still working his way back, isn't fully back in the flow of, of a game yet, and so it would be iraq not irrational it would be silly it would be a bad decision to have him out there playing no need to work him in too quickly this is wise take your time now what about leaky i was told by b dot and b dot said this in our conversation we had sunday on our live youtube that really with leaky it's just load management there's nothing going on nothing big nothing you need to be worried about is the biggest thing it's just the dude's a fifth year senior. He's played a lot of games. Would you rather see him in the scrimmage or would you rather see him for 35 to 40 games, however many Carolina gets to play during the regular and postseason? Yeah, let's wait. And so this is this is just precautionary. Uh nothing wrong. Don't worry about leaky. That that is the news there. Load management. No point in trying to roll out either player. Be wise with that. A couple other big picture takeaways, goodness gracious, I can't say takeaways. A couple other big picture takeaways I want to share with you. One of the biggest things is you look at Pete Nance's um, line from this scrimmage, 11 points, solid, 5 of 12 shooting, just below 50%, really solid. Um, part of those seven misses was he was 0 for 4 from 3, and so I think people see that and get a little like, e we'll talk about that in a second, but eight rebounds, two blocks, and a uh, steal and so i think the biggest thing people see is that 0 for four on three-point shooting and kind of like ah he's supposed to be brady manic 2.0 what's going on there uh brady manic like had two or three games all of last season where he didn't make a three okay calm down it's gonna be okay pete nance is not brady manic hubert davis has said as much there was no brady manic out there in the transfer portal this year now Pete Nance is a very, very good basketball player, very high IQ, very non-prima donna, going to slide right in just like Brady Manic did and be part of this team in big ways. But please let me hear me say this, and I'm going to be saying this over and over and over again in the lead up to the season. Let Pete Nance be Pete Nance. He doesn't need to be Brady Manic. He doesn't need to be his NBA brother or father. He needs to be Pete. And we need, as a fan base, to let him do that. The coaches are going to do that. They're not going to try to make him be Brady Manic. They're going to try to make him be Pete Nance. So he's going to have better shooting days. Don't worry about that. He's going to get his. Coach Davis is going to figure out how to do this with him. But you take out those threes, don't look at that, 11 points, eight rebounds, and you combine that with what Armando Baycott's going to be doing? Man, I'll take that night in and night out. Because in, in addition to the actual statistical numbers, Here's the biggest thing that that I'm seeing from him. B Dot talked about this is leadership. Pete Nance is just bringing a high, high level of leadership to this team, along with what you've already got from the other upperclassmen and returners. And not in a way of like, I'm coming in and I'm going to be the guy, but in a really healthy way of how can I come in, be part of what's already going on, but help just share some of what I've seen from growing up in a household with an NBA dad of knowing how to do it right. Just a lot of wise things. Peace going to be good. Caleb, Caleb Love in this game was Caleb Love. Uh, just, you know, had second leading score, 22 points, eight for 20 from the field. Again, similar to Pete, just below um, 50%, four of 10 from three, four rebounds, two assists. Uh, you like that. Now, Caleb, our hope is that he continues to grow in that decision-making. That's always the thing um, that you're going to do. But, I mean, he's out there. Hit a three. Go back and look at the the highlights. You can find them on YouTube. Hit a three from the W in Roy Williams' signature on the court. That's Caleb Love doing Caleb Love. Another big picture takeaway for me was this. Any guesses on who the third leading scorer in this scrimmage was? I've already said that Caleb was second. RJ was first. Number three, Seth Trimble, freshman guard. That's right, top three scorers are all guards. Seth had 21.7 of 12, very efficient from the floor, To a five from three, five of five from the free throw line. More high level free throw shooters to a team that's already shooting a very high percentage. Three assists, three rebounds, two blocks. Come on, Seth Tremble, bring me all of that. This is gonna be such a good addition to this team. Uh, another thing to be looking out for, Tyler Nickel had 11 points in this game. We've heard and seen a little bit that his defense is going to be lacking as a freshman. Get that. He's going to grow in that. What I'm encouraged by is Tyler Nickel is going, there are going to be games this season where he is going to be a microwave offensive juggernaut off the bench at times. So just be on the lookout for that. Also, one last thing for this uh, first segment often we, we think about like a team like Baylor. One of the things they did so well the year they won the national championship two seasons ago was that just their guard play was phenomenal. This season, they they look to have probably the, the strongest three-guard lineup in the nation. I, I really think they will have that. But I'm really curious to see with all the various lineup combinations Coach Davis can throw out this year, do we get some moments of a three-guard lineup with RJ, Caleb, and Seth Trimble all together on the floor. Whew. I want to see that. I bet you want to see that. Come on, Coach Davis, bring it to the people. Let us have a little bit of that. So, coming up next, my four corner ode to Coach Smith, my four corner review, and my shady stat of the game right after I tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info. From live in-game betting to scores and podcasts, they have you covered. So, head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, here we go. My Four Corners review. Number one, y'all, this is going to be RJ Davis's team. Yeah, you got Caleb Love, big, bold guy, has a lot of moxie, does all this stuff. RJ, Armando Baycott, he's going to be the one that's the preseason All-American. He's the one that's going to be the preseason ACC Player of the Year. He's the one with all the NIL everything. This is RJ Davis's team. You watch. Now, it's a lot of RJ and Mondo, truthfully, but there's just something about a North Carolina point guard, and obviously there's going to be a lot of interplay between Caleb Love and RJ Davis with that and Seth Tremble coming in to back them up. But what RJ was doing out there, and what, like, in regard to what was already expected, and, and the way he's stepping in and leading things, this dude is the leading score nine of 18 from the field, three of eight from three, three of four from the free throw line, two assists, five rebounds, two steals, and a block. I mean, RJ is just getting it. His ball handling is continuing to go all this stuff. This is RJ Davis's team, he's the engine that makes it all go. He's going to have the ball in his hands more than anyone else. And it's that classic North Carolina junior point guard thing. Think about all these juniors and everything that they have done as starting guards. I, man, just be ready. It's going to be RJ Davis. In a battle between the most indispensable player on the team, it's either him or Mondo. I'm going with RJ because I just don't think anyone can get Carolina into their offense the same way that RJ is going to be able to this year. Caleb would be very close, but just not at the level that RJ will. And then that's what it is. This is RJ's team. All right. Number two in my four corners review, let's stick with Armando Baycott. The dude rolls out of bed and picks up a double-double. In a scrimmage, He's getting 19 points and 20 rebounds in the scrimmage. That is absolutely absurd to me. Now, he's not going up against a Drew Timmy or an Oscar Shebway or Trace Jackson Davis or somebody of that caliber. Pete Nance just isn't that level of rebounder like those guys, but he's he's no slub. (laughs) Schlub, whatever. He's out there doing work as well. And Armando, 20 rebounds. Like there is a very, very legitimate chance that he will remember last season. He tied David Robinson's NCAA record for double doubles. The the question isn't if he can do it based on his ability. It's based on, can he break that record? Just based on how many games North Carolina plays, uh, it's, it's going to be insane what Armando is going to bring this year. I mean, he had a three-pointer on Saturday. Really interested to see senior Armando Baycott, and I just think it's going to be ridiculous. Get ready, America. Armando Baycott is coming for you. Number three, the biggest surprise to me on Saturday, DeMarco Dunn, 16 points along with four rebounds. Now here's what's even perhaps more interesting about that. When you think about DeMarco Dunn, it's like, oh yeah, when he does start scoring, it's going to be from beyond the arc. Out of those 16 points, three, three, three of them were on a three-pointer. The other 13, one free throw, and then 12 points just off of buckets. He's shown me some things this offseason. Like Carolina last week put out that like kind of highlight video of some uh, practice stuff going on. He had this outlet pass up and went up for this dunk that I was like, what? DeMarco, did not know that was in your bag, bro. And then he did, had another nice dunk on Saturday. I'm not saying he's going to step in and play um extremely meaningful minutes. He will play some meaningful minutes, but I think the problem is going to be that he's going to be stuck behind RJ Davis, Caleb Love, and Seth Trimble. I think Seth Trimble is going to have uh, that that third guard spot following RJ Caleb, and then DeMarco will be behind him. But if he's able to score at that level, look calm and poised and, and more comfortable than he did last year, he's going to force Coach Davis to play him. And, if you have two legitimate backcourt backups in Seth Trimble and DeMarco Dunn, what that enables Coach Davis to do in getting Caleb and RJ off their feet and on the bench longer. Now, I'm not saying they're they're going to eat another time where they're playing 20 to 25 minutes a game is all for RJ and Caleb. They're still going to play, hopefully somewhere around 30 minutes a game. But if they can get a legitimate breather from either Seth and or DeMarco, then that's just gonna make the time that they're in all the more efficient and going to make them better basketball players and going to make this a better team. All, if DeMarco Dunn is able to show more of what he did on Saturday. Would love to see it. Come on DeMarco, bring that noise. My fourth point in the Four Corners review is this. Watch Puff Johnson this year. Just keep your eyes out on him. Same thing I said about Pete Nance. Puff is not Cam. I've said this before, and I'll continue saying it. We're not going to just be expecting him to light it up beyond three. Remember, Cam had uh, like an insane last year at North Carolina that just shot him up, unexpectedly, up the draft boards. The the types of things he's doing is not what Puff is going to be doing. Puff's going to hit some threes, absolutely, but he's going to help this team in a multitude of of other ways, filling out stat sheets, filling out things that you don't see in the box score, things that the coaches are notice, noticing and appreciating. You've heard Coach Davis talk about how much he appreciates and trusts what Puff does on the court. Hopefully, we have a finally fully healthy Puff Johnson for the first time in his three seasons. And I firmly believe, keep in mind, if Pete Nance doesn't transfer in, Puff Johnson is your starter at the four, in my opinion, this year. I think he is going to be, uh, I'll, I said it with B dot. I think he is your X factor for this team. If Puff Johnson is able to play at a starter's level capacity, watch out, folks. Keep your eye on Puff Johnson this year and everything he's able to do and let him affect the game in ways that he can. All right, here you go. My shady stat of the game. Boom, we're doing it. 149 total points scored in this scrimmage. 80 for one team, 69 for the losing team. That's a total of 149. A full 83 of those points were scored by the four guards, RJ Davis, Caleb Love, Seth Trimble, and DeMarco Dunn. 24 for Davis, 22 for Love, 21 for Trimble, and 16 for Dunn. That's 55.7% of your scoring from those four guys. Even take Dunn out, because again, I don't think he'll play as high level minutes as the other three guys, you've still got them scoring 67 of your points, just shy of half from Davis Love and Trimble. If you're getting that level of production from your guards, man, this is going to be a phenomenal year. Think about how important guard play is in the NCAA tournament. If you can trust the ball with any of those three guys, not to mention that Leaky can do it when he needs to, etc. Going to be in a good position. Guards, the the four main backcourt guards scored 83 of the 149 points. Love that. Love to see it. All right, CBS sports, something they do every year. The, the college basketball crew, specifically Gary Parish and Matt Norlander, do a Candid Coaches series where they ask a 100 coaches uh, some questions about the upcoming basketball season and then post the results. I'm going to tell you more about that in just a second. Okay, so the first... Of the uh, the candid coaches series, they ask a whole multitude of questions, and then they just roll them out a few uh, at a time. So on Monday, yesterday, CBS Sports rolled out the first of these questions, and basically, it was: Who is going? Which college basketball team will be the best in the country in 22-23? Which team is going to be the favorite to win the national championship, or do you think will win the national championship? And so what I want to look at is, did these coaches get it right? And then we're going to need to talk about it. So let me give you the full premise from CBS. Um, And it says this, CBS Sports College basketball writers Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander surveyed roughly 100 coaches for our annual Candid Coaches series. They pulled everyone from head coaches at elite programs to assistants at some of the smallest Division I schools in exchange for complete anonymity. The coaches provided unfiltered honesty about a number of topics okay there you go so today's again is who is the most likely to win the 23 NCAA tournament before i talk about the actual results here's just a couple things that you notice when you look at it no school that was named got up to 40 percent the, the can, there was no real consensus on one team as there sometimes is. Although there is one school that received nearly 40% in the high 30s, and that was the only team in the 30s. Everyone else was in the 20s or lower. 12 different schools received a vote. You should pause the podcast or pause YouTube or whatever. Guess who those are. If you're watching on YouTube, leave it in the comments. Would love to see if you can figure out who those 12 teams are. Now, As I take you through the percentages, the number of votes, you're going to see there is a clear top three that people feel like, and then a big demarcation line drop off to the final nine on this list. I think there's one of these schools that the coaches got wrong and one that should be up in that top three that was in the lower nine. And so uh, one of these is going to, I think, surprise you. So let's look. Remember, this is all coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches all across D1 voting on this. 100 votes, 100 total percent. Let's go in reverse order. So six schools got one vote. Those schools are Creighton, Duke, Kansas, Tennessee, UCLA, and Virginia. Two schools got two votes. That's Arkansas and Baylor. One school got five. It's Kentucky. And then we get into this big three and where I think you'll get two of these off the top of your head. The third one might You might need to think a little bit more. It's a little bit, not off the beaten path, but not from a power five conference. Uh, If you're a big college basketball fan, you know this team has been really strong the past couple of years and you can maybe get it. So let's continue to take these in reverse order. But again, I think the third team isn't going to be who you thought. You ready? Number three with 20 votes, 20% Gonzaga. Boy, I thought Gonzaga would be one or two on this list. They're coming in at third because... Number two on this list with 28 votes, 28%, the Houston Cougars from the AAC. Wow. And then number one, if you're if you're thinking, if you're paying attention, who has an Isaac said, you know it at 37%, 37 votes, say it with me, the North Carolina Tar Heels come in as the team most voted by these candid coaches as who they think will cut down the nets in Houston this season. So... What does this all tell me? What do I see when I look at this? Well, clearly Carolina is the favorite, but there's no real consensus. Um, Coaches feel good about all three of those top teams, Gonzaga, Carolina, and Houston. But here's the thing for me. Houston's going to be a phenomenal basketball team. They get Marcus Sasser back from injury, several others back, some newcomers. They're going to be a great basketball team. I don't think they belong in this top three there is a team that was just outside of that top three that I would move up into it in their place. And that's Kentucky. Kentucky gets back the reigning national player of the year, Oscar Chibwe. Um, Xavier Wheeler's coming back. Uh, one of their really strong guards. They got a great class coming in. Uh, watch out for Kentucky this year, folks. They could be really good. Baylor's going to be right there. I already talked about them on this show. They bring, uh, they lose several guys, but they bring several back and, and obviously some new as well. And so watch out. Baylor. But interestingly, the betting markets disagree with me. The betting markets have Houston and Gonzaga tied as the two favorites to win the national championship. Disagree with that. I, I Gonzaga, I think they absolutely can and will have a great shot at it as they often have. But there we go. Uh, let me just say a couple words about some of the other teams on this list that received at least one vote. Kansas got a vote. That is purely Bill Self. When you look at this roster, it's not a national championship roster. This is a Bill Self vote is what that is. Now, you heard Duke on the list. To me, Duke should not be getting a vote in this list. Um, It's another extremely young team that will, yes, they're going to win a lot of games because they're extremely talented, but they're young. And when it comes to winning time, to championship time, they don't have enough of the mixture of returners to go with those young guys to make it go. Duke shouldn't be getting a vote. And in fact, I don't think Virginia should be on this list either. They will be better than they were last year. They got one one vote here, but not national championship contender better than last year. Uh, They just don't have the offense. And by the way, it's still Kihei Clark running the offense. He's back for a fifth season. He was a freshman on the national championship team in 2018-19, and he's still around in Charlottesville. Crazy. But here's what I will say. Give me Virginia second in the ACC over Duke. Top three in the ACC for me this year is going to be Carolina, Virginia, then the Duke Blue Devils. They just don't, they're not going to have enough consistency with those young guys to finish top two in the league. I think that'll be Virginia. They're going to do enough under Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett knows what he's doing all the time. Now, in, this, in the article where CBS lays this out, they give some quotes germane to each of the schools. And so let me read to you the two quotes about North Carolina. Number one, their returning core gives them an edge over the other teams in my mind. I also think that the addition of Pete Nance and the continued development of Puff Johnson will help them. One of the freshmen, Tyler Nickel, is an absolute monster and could make a difference this year as well. Um, write with you about Pete, write with you about Puff. As we said earlier tyler's gonna have his moments i think that unfortunately is a little overstated for this year about tyler he is going to get there as we've said the offense the dude is a walking bucket he'll tell you himself and i love it but i think his defense is going to be too much of a liability to let him see monster uh level in terms of this year he's going to have some games but it's not going to be the level of consistency uh but carolina is going to need him here's the second quote about the tar heels I was so impressed at how Hubert Davis stuck to his coaching roots, but was also willing to adjust and adapt to his personnel by playing outside the, quote, Carolina system that had been so successful for decades. They bring back and have added all the pieces needed to replicate their run from last March. Brady Manick was such an offensive threat and will be tough to replace, but I have no doubt Hubert will learn quickly how this team can be more dangerous. This coach gets it to me. People all across the country, even in the Carolina family, are severely underestimating what Carolina is going to have to replace with Brady Manic. It's a lot. Yes, bring back the other four starters. But when you're losing a guy who hit the second most threes in a single season in Carolina history, ah, man, you just can't replicate that, and Pete Nance isn't going to. However, as this candid coach said, I trust Hubert Davis, though. He has already in his first year shown a willingness to figure out how to make the pieces fit with what he's got and and do things. It might take a couple weeks, maybe even a couple months, but he's going to get there. Trust in that. Man, ah, it's going to be a great year. Clearly people around the country see what Carolina's got. But for today, that's it for this episode of Locked Ontario's. Coming up tomorrow, Pat Kilby and I finish off our summer roster preview by talking about who else but the Biscuit Boys. That is right. Can't wait for that. Really appreciate you making the show your first listener or watch today. Please don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, comment. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. Get more on the ACC by making the Locked On ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes five days a week it's been great to be together today thanks again to all you new folks who are tuning in and i want to remind all of you that it is a great day to be a target until tomorrow peace